only gonna do this one time. <clears throat> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Squares Podcast. I am your host, Wallow. And this is the Squares Podcast, podcast about fashion. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Before I go too far, of course, the website, WorldwideUndercurrent.com. So as always, go check that out for recaps. If you want to see some visuals, things that I've talked about. Also, don't forget, we got the brand new voicemail line, which you can call, leave comments about the topics, ask a question, or make suggestions about things that you want to talk about. I want to interact, engage, want to feel, want to get involved. So, uh, well, I want you guys to get involved. So feel free to give a call. The phone number is 201-822-1128. That's 201-822-1128. Let's get into it. First, I want to get this off my chest. Nike is releasing. I wish they would have done this a few weeks ago when we talked about sandals. Nike is releasing some sandals with a pouch on them, a zipper pouch. Simple innovation. Very simple innovation. This is what the game has been missing to an extent. I have some concerns about what these slides will be used for, but it is something the game perhaps is missing. Especially with the way that we minimize in the summer. We don't wear as many clothes, therefore we have less pockets. Sometimes we don't even have pockets. This is a problem that women are extremely familiar with, guys not so much. Even now, well, even in the past, we used to wear hoop shorts, we don't so much anymore, but I just mentioned the company just donned last week, uh, well, last episode, and they're making jerseys and things like that popular again, Mitchell and Ness. So we will get more basketball shorts or just shorts in general that don't have pockets. We know that women wear a lot of leggings, so those don't have pockets unless you buy some unique brand that does. But 90% of the time, they don't. So, these slides can work for you as well. It may save you from having to wear a fanny pack. Which was my initial thought. But, I thought to myself, well, it can't fit a phone. So, if it can't fit a phone, you're still going to need something to put that in. Or would like something to put that in. You don't always want to have to hold it in your hand. So, they may still or the patron may still need to carry something. So then I thought a little further and thought to myself, oh, this is going to be used to carry weed. These will be your little weed pouches. Medical marijuana is a big deal. It's on the rise. Everybody's got a card. This is where folks are going to put their weed now. So thanks a lot, Nike, for making weed sandals. Sandals for everyone to carry their weed around in. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Maybe it's something we all needed. We just didn't know we needed it. Leave it to Nike. Thank you very much for being progressive and making us 
spaces to carry our weed without being suspected. Just think, if you're driving around, if you're walking around, and you get stopped by the police or bothered by the police, and they want to search you, they may not search your sandals. That's a win. That's a win. Let's run a couple of quick topics. Polo is re-releasing an old collection again. What's old is new again, right? That's our society in 2018. So around episode, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, something like that, we talked about Snow Beach, and that was a collection that got re-released to the masses, and it did very well. Polo obviously took notice of that, and they thought to themselves, let's do another collection. This time, they have done the CP93 collection. Now, I won't get into the history of the collection so much because that's not really what I wanted to talk about. It's a collection that actually dropped today. I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 30th. By the time you hear it, will be at least May 31st. So, you might be thinking to yourself, you know, thanks, Walla, for telling me late because some of these pieces looks like are sold out already. There's still a decent amount that is not. But the reason I brought it up is because on Polo's website, they actually have a release date of June 12th. I don't know how accurate that is because it looks like you can also buy it now. It dropped at 5 o'clock today on a, at a lot of places. So I'm a little confused. But it says exclusive edition or limited edition. So I'm not sure if they're going to have those pieces again through the Polo site on June 12th because they have a countdown clock on their homepage or whatnot, which says 12 days, certain hours, blah, 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 blah. So I'm not sure if you're going to be able to buy it through their website at that point or they're going to have a limited edition of this collection dropping on June 12th. So I'm going to keep an eye out for it. I'll try to update and let everyone know you can keep an eye on it meticulously if you would like, if you care that much. But there's some cool things in there. Which interest, What's interesting about that, too, is a lot of what's in there is not for the summer season. They do have some swim trunks that I like that I would want to buy. Kind of pricey, though. But most of the stuff in there is not necessarily for the summer season. So take a look at it, though, and see if it's something that you would be interested in. And see if there's pieces available that you still want. That may be the case for you. And if you're just not hearing this way later than that, then shame on you. That's to teach you a lesson to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified or you get updated as soon as they come out. And therefore you can hear them sooner. And therefore you can buy what you want to buy based on what you heard in the podcast. You're welcome. Also, for the Yeezy fans out there, Yeezy Mafia Twitter account, which recently got into a little bit of a issue, but they're back, and they also tend to be pretty accurate. They just tweeted out that Kanye or Yeezy is going to put in production millions of the Yeezy 350s, which is the low version that everybody likes. 
that everybody wants. They're going to do that for the color of cream white or something like that. It's basically the all white version. So for those of you that already have Yeezys or that color, kudos to you. You're going to be joined by a lot of people now. When Kanye first started putting those out around 2016, he said that he wanted everybody to be able to get a pair. So this apparently is him trying to make good on that promise. They're going to put it out. Tons of um, tons of shoes, I guess you could say. It appears, though, for now, it's only the white version. I'm not the biggest fan of white shoes in 2018. You may be. Maybe if this was 1998 or 2000, I might be more inclined. But even then, I was still starting to wane. Well, I was already starting to wane on all-white shoes. So, it's a summertime staple, though. It could be a thing. All-white shoes. So, keep an eye out for that, too. I didn't see a drop date on it. But that is something that's coming. And if Adidas is smart, like it looks like they are, they're going to find a way to get these out in the summertime. So, keep your eye out for that as well. The shoe I want to talk about a little more extensively, though, is a shoe that Nike is dropping in collaboration with Dior creative designer Kim Jones I mentioned Kim Jones on here a little bit before if you recall he used to be the creative director over at Louis Vuitton which is now where Virgil is so watch the map that we're connecting or the the crime scene diagram that we're connecting here Nike obviously had their big collaboration with Virgil and they dropped the 10 so there was 10 shoes 10 iconic shoes of Nike's that they redid or allowed Virgil to redo and then they put out it did extremely well it's still doing well in fact and they found ways to kind of extend the life of that project they have apparently got the bright idea to work with another high fashion creative director and Kim Jones now Kim Jones doesn't carry the same cachet among the popular crowd that Virgil does but he does have cachet in what I call the high society crowd so those who tend to have a lot of money and those um, very deep into fashion of course know about Kim Jones and he's a big deal He is a big deal, but he is not a big deal with the youth or what I would call the streetwear culture. So I'm curious to see how this project is going to work. I think Nike is probably more curious than I, because this seems a bit of a trial run. If they can get this shoe to do well, then maybe they can do more with Kim Jones and they may have stumbled upon a formula too. By working with creative directors who largely don't see Nike as competition at least directly they can or they're more willing to work with Nike or the creative directors from these places are more willing to work with Nike and create shoes which they think it may help both of them in some weird way now Nike is selling that direct product but it also does highlight the creative director of these places and can draw more attention to those places too and if, because if you can get more name recognition, if you're Kim Jones, 
you possibly can get some more pieces off at Dior. Not that Dior is struggling, but every company can wants to do better and they want to find ways to do better. So it's basically like cross-marketing. Now for the shoe itself. Nike is making a white variety and a black variety. Mind you, I just spoke about how I don't necessarily favor all white shoes in 2018. But that's what Nike is doing. They're making an all-white version and a black version. The shoe reminds me of, or it's reminiscent of an Air Force One. A 2018 version of an Air Force One. A 2018 version of an Air Force One high, though, not low. The shoe has a strap at the top, and on that strap, it actually says Kim Jones on it. At the bottom of the shoe, it has the Nike Air Max 360 sole, which is a sole that actually didn't get a lot of run outside of that shoe. It didn't seem to be a popular sole, and it kind of seems like a regression now with them having a VaporMax sole. But nonetheless, it was done. Maybe that was Kim's idea. And also on the bubble at the bottom, it says Kim Jones too, which that to me indicated that it wanted to make well, Nike and Kim, or specifically Kim first and maybe Nike second, wanted to make sure that Kim Jones was identified with this shoe so that the carryover or the popularity carryover can go to him as well, which can therefore help him at Dior. So I see the strategy here because there's really no reason to put his name on the shoe twice. There just is not. But, you know, if you're wearing this shoe, let's just say, and this is a reach perhaps, but if you're wearing this shoe with pants, you may cover the strap. Yeah, but you can still see Kim Jones on the bottom though. And it also would prompt people, even though one appearance of the name would have done this, but it will prompt people to go look and look up Kim Jones if they're not familiar. The strategy here perhaps from Nike is to shoot for a top-down approach. I mentioned that Kim Jones is known in the high society crowd. If they're able to if they're if Nike is able to get them to pick this shoe up, then that should have a good effect on everyone below them bank account wise. That's typically how these things work. There's a few different ways to get a shoe into the larger public eye. You find the the hip or the cool group and get them to wear it. Or you can go to the other hip and cool group, which is the people who have all the money and not the local hip and cool groups. But those who have all the money, like influencers, celebrities, that kind of deal, get them to wear it. Then it will trickle down as well to the masses. So I'm going to guess that's the strategy that Nike is going for. The shoe is slated to cost about $230, which is a steep price point for a shoe that doesn't look all that dynamic, nor is it a person who is that well regarded in general circles. Not in particular or, ex or expertise circles, but in general circles. 
So we're curious. I'm curious to see what this shoe is going to do. I'll post a picture of it. Um, I mean, there's three different like kind of fabrics on it, and you'll see the differences in that. So, I mean, it's done through the Nike Lab arm of Nike, which tends to have more experimental pieces. But um, I'm curious to see how it's going to do. And if it does well or finds a way to do well, then I'm sure Nike will continue to latch on to other creative directors at um, high fashion brands and work with them for a little bit of cross-marketing. I know at one point a couple years ago, Nike definitely talked about the luxury market or the luxury um, sportswear market that was a bit untapped. I wrote a piece about it for like a blog or whatnot, but that was something that they mentioned was an opportunity that they saw. And this might be the fruit of that, working with luxury designers to create more sneakers and stuff. Next up is something pretty innovative and something pretty new. There is a company that launched last month called Evewear. And you might think evening wear when you hear something like that. But that's not exactly what they're doing. Evewear is really about sleepwear. Sleepwear that you can also live in, according to the owner. That's what her goal is here. It's a company started last month by a lady named Talia Eve Schlussel. And it's based out of L.A. The company aims to follow similar production models of companies like Everlane, who are good at creating no waste and also very transparent, too, about the products that they make uh, with the consumer. But she wants to be very eco-friendly with what she creates and minimize the footprint that she has, which is laudable. That's something to be commended for. However... The notion of sleepwear that you also wear out is kind of curious to me. So it's not a brand that exists currently, or at least I can't think of any clothing brand that specifically makes their clothes for that. I mean, now we may convert some stuff to do both things, to sleep in and walk around in. Maybe some sort of jogging pants, maybe even some t-shirt. But I find this to be a pretty curious model. Now, we're in a state where we're merging everything. We're merging, you know, we got athleisure, you know, athletic gear, leisure gear. We got, um, you know, even our workplaces. We're doing business casual, but the clothes that we wear are not necessarily clothes that would have been worn to work maybe a decade ago. And our workplaces look a little different as a result. And we're starting to blend things that we would, you know, walk um, the streets with, with things that we wear to work. So I get that we're merging a lot of the um, sectors of, of fashion. And this does fall in line with that. So I can see the vision there and I can understand the thought process. But what confuses me a little bit and concerns me a little bit is things that I sleep in tend not to be good things to wear out. Not because they are not good quality, but a lot of times sleeping in something is a hard wear. At least that's what I call it. It's a, it's a hard wear. 
you stretch it a lot, you crush it a lot, you lay on it a lot, and you don't treat it with the, with the most delicacy. I mean, unless you're a very, very, very calm sleeper, which most of the population is not. So, if though, you wear these garments in a very, I guess, stretched out rotation. Well, let me not use the term stretched out. But if you sparsely wear these garments, whether it be sleep or wearing it out, I can see these products lasting or being sustained. And actually, speaking of sustained, let me back up. She is going to use a lot of the like dead stock fabrics that are already in LA. So to cut down on the shipping and things like that, she's going to use um, dead stock things that are already available. That's part of how she's going to be sustainable. But to go back to the point of how you wear it, even a t-shirt, for instance, you sleep in it, you're going to stretch that t-shirt out. And it's going to require you to do some, some hard washes a lot of times for those garments. Sometimes you can do delicate washes or light washes for garments that you just kind of wore a little bit, walked around in, maybe nothing really happened. But you do want to clean it so you can give it a light wash. I feel like you need to do a little hard wash for things that you sleep in. So I'm a little curious. Now, if I look at the garments here, she's got... For instance, like a dress or a gown, if you will, scrunched up. Well, it's pinched right in front of the shoulders, and then it's a bit of a skirt or flare-type bottom. Um, buttons all the way up in the front, like a nightgown would or could. But I could see it as something you could wear out. She may be onto something. She may be smarter than me. That's very possible. This could definitely only work for women, for one. Could not work for men. And it does look like a couple pieces could be worn in public. And I can also kind of see how they would um, work in the bed. Also, too, this has got to be something for warm weather places. You're not really doing this in cold places. I just don't understand how you would. She does have um, like a crop top type of deal, which I guess you would sleep in in a warm weather place, of course, not in a cold weather place. So it's a unique model, a, a, a unique business model that I am very curious about. I do think it has a chance. But it's going to take some really, really, really um, <laughs> dedicated patrons. I'll leave it like that. So, and she has bigger plans for what she's going to do in the future. Obviously, this, right now, this is the beginning. She just launched last month. And you want to give people a chance. want to give them a chance to get rolling. Miss Rihanna. Rihanna is the type of celebrity, the type of person to not give a flying fish. She'll put on the clothes that she wears to bed and be like, yeah, I wear these to bed and I also wear them out. 
that's who this stuff is for. Rihanna's. Again, the name of the company is Eveware. Just dropped. Um, you can take a look at it. <clears throat> you can take a look at it on the site and see what you think. And I mean, if you want to buy it, buy it. Do it up. Lastly, I want to talk about the homie, the amazing, the incomparable, the outstanding, the unmatched Serena Williams. She just dropped her own clothing line today. So by the time you're hearing this now, you probably found out already. And it's named after herself. It's called Serena. And like I said, just released today. Now, before I get into that, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because I need my homie Serena to be focused on getting this next Grand Slam. Right now, she's at 23, I believe. The lady above her has 24. I need her to get to 24. Even though she's the GOAT regardless. I think we all agree on that. I think we all understand that. It just would be pretty cool for her to get that as well. And she's working at it. She's currently playing in the French Open. Um, I saw that she just won her first round match. uh, I think it was yesterday or something like that. So she is working on it. But this is curious timing for her to be in the middle of a major tournament on clay, the French Open, and the line to drop today. Also, she went to fashion school um, a long time ago, back in, I don't know, like 2000, 99-ish, 2001. And I'm like, we couldn't, we, we waited all this time, Serena. We couldn't wait a little bit longer to get the line. I need you to get this championship, dog. Okay, maybe I'm being selfish. But she did drop the line, and it is out. So congratulations to her. Kudos to her. Now, let's take a look at the line itself. Serena touts the line as something that she wants to be pretty accessible to every woman. She wants it to be, well, none of the pieces on there right now are more than $215. She dropped 13 pieces and she's going to drop more as the summer progresses. It's kind of like a rolling launch or like a cascading release. So you'll get more launches as the summer progresses. I think it'll probably end in about the fall. So we haven't seen the whole collection yet, but we have seen the 13 pieces. She does a variety of pieces. There's some athleisure in there. There's some denim in there. And that's what she talked about, at least in the articles I read, most directly was the denim. A lot of the denim now is stretch denim. According to her, I don't wear women's jeans, but a lot of the denim now is stretch denim. And she was a big fan of the raw denim and the hard denim that Levi's particularly was masters of in the 80s and 90s. And so that's what her clothes embody or not embody, but incorporate. So there's, for instance, denim skirts that I saw, which are kind of dope. There's a denim, um, like an overall dress, like a denim dress. And I thought that was pretty cool as well. I'm curious, though, for the pants, 
how women are going to feel about that. Although there are your denim snobs out there. There are people who are big on denim and, and, and raw denim, you know, especially um, in the East. You know, granted, that's not necessarily what she's out here doing or making clothes for right now, those in the East. But folks are big on raw denim, and they may be very particular about her denim, if they're into raw denim. Also, though, I wonder about the comfort of it. It seems like a situation where, you know, it was a point in which women wear or wore harder denim, raw denim, and it was okay because that was all they had, and that was all we knew as a society. But now that women have moved on to or started to wear more stretch denim, softer denim, really, in theory, I wonder how this hard denim would be received on their body. I mean, women got soft legs. Let's put it out there. I don't know if they always want something hard rubbing against their soft, wonderful legs. But that's something that is kind of going to be a signature of the brand from what I've gathered. She's going to make a lot of things that I guess are comfortable. Like there is a kind of a sweatsuit in there, like sweatpants and then the top. But there's obviously a variation to it. You got kind of a mesh or sear, sheer, not sear. We're not cooking here. But a sheer top portion above the shoulders of the sweatshirt. And then the rest of it is your traditional cotton or whatnot. It looks like pieces that she would wear and that she enjoys wearing. She talked about how she's never been a big fan of paying an exorbitant amount of money for pieces. She said even though she can, that's just not how she tends to roll. So she's not about paying $3,000 for you know this shirt or $1,000 for this t-shirt. That's not her style. Now, speaking of her style, though, I'm curious to see how this is going to be received sales-wise or how this is going to translate into sales. Because one of the first things I thought about when this line released was, well, first I wanted to see what kind of clothes it was. And once I saw that it was pretty much the clothing that Serena wears or would wear, I was like, huh, that's a curious decision. Only for me because I've never looked at Serena, and I think many people can echo this sentiment. I've never looked at Serena and thought to myself, oh man, I like what she's rocking. I wonder where she got that from. So for her to make clothes in the vein of things that she would want to wear, I'm curious to see how desired these pieces are going to be and I hope that it does well don't get me wrong I'm not wishing that it doesn't do well but it is something or interesting take on making clothes because sometimes people make clothes that they don't necessarily make for themselves they will wear some of them and they will wear the pieces but it's almost like a very 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 narrow capitalistic mindset they say well I want to sell as many clothes as possible and therefore I'm going to make what the people want whether I wear that or not particularly but this is a route that she's going where she's going to make it for things that she basically would wear now the other side of that coin is that a lot of what she wears though is pretty much in rotation for the general public 
like I mentioned, a lot of that athleisure stuff. She also did have a slip dress in there, which kind of stood out to me because it seemed out of place. Although I haven't seen the whole collection. I'll see if it remains out of place. But she does typically wear clothing that is in rotation. Now, how different that clothing is going to be or how it stands out from the general population or saturated market of clothing like that is to be determined. Because with that, for instance, she, I mentioned that nothing is going to be, well, I hope I mentioned this, nothing is going to be above $215, at least right now, on the site. She wanted it to be pretty affordable and pretty much for every woman. If you're making all these garments that are not necessarily expensive, or I won't even say expensive, but above normal prices, then you probably have to have some you know, standout factor or some design excellence in the clothing. I can't say I saw design excellence in the clothing. It's not bad, but I can't say I saw design excellence. So I'm wondering how her clothes are going to be picked out or stand out amongst the masses. Now, it may be a situation where, and I'm not sure that she wants it to be for this reason, but it may be because she's Serena, it takes off pretty well. But I don't know that it's going to do that because of her name. I do like her logo, by the way. It's an S. Also, however, apparently on the site, everything only goes up to a size 14 at the moment. Which to my understanding is just the average size of women. So we got to see if she kicks it up to larger sizes to really, truly, indeed, make it for every woman. I think as a brand, you do want to be able to sell as much as possible. Um, I know that there's cost when you're changing sizes, too, but making different sizes. But I would imagine, I mean, that the benefits and the revenue from selling that stuff will far outweigh the cost of, of making those sizes. That's just market market analysis to know how much to make, but I mean, it could be done. So I'm 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 confident she's going to be able to do that or make those sizes um, as well. It for the athleisure stuff initially it kind of reminded me of Ivy Park, maybe unfairly so, but I'm going to put some pieces up, of course, for everyone to take a look at and give some feedback on, and we're going to see how Serena does. I wonder how she's going to be able to promote right now in the middle of a major tournament. I'm curious. I'm curious a lot about a lot of stuff with this. Um, there's a a lot of it that seems unsettled to me. Maybe because she's still playing right now and playing in a major tournament right now and at the peak of tennis season. But this also indicates to me, too, that she sees the end of her tennis career. I said earlier, she went to fashion school a long time ago, but she didn't quite use that. Well, she did use it because she did collaborations with Nike. She did some, I think, some home shopping network stuff. And so she's designed with other people, as she mentioned, albeit with limitations, but she has designed. So she did use it, but for what she wanted to do, ultimately, this seems like a curious time to do that and start that while you're still playing. If the expertise you got was long ago. You got the time. Like, what's the rush? But I think that 
she does perhaps see the, the end of her career winding down and she kind of wants to set up her next thing, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, that's what we all should do. Kudos to her. But it, that's what it speaks to to me. So we're going to see how this clothing does too. I'm rooting for her. Serena has been untouchable pretty much all my life. And so hopefully that continues even in the fashion segment. She'll indeed be untouchable. But I, I, I hope that actually at some point um, she kind of finds a way to separate herself clothing-wise. I don't want it to kind of blend in. I want it to kind of be standout pieces and pieces that people can identify. Go, oh, man, that's yeah, that's something different. Or, oh, man, yep, that's Serena. I, I can tell. I can see that. So, And this is only the first year. This is just the first launch. Everybody has the right to grow. A lot of clothing brands don't start out on fi- on fire. And I don't think it's fair for me to expect that out of her. So you get chances to grow. You can learn what works best for you, what you specialize in. Really chisel down the message of your brand, the, the, the visuals of it, the image of it. And uh, she should be afforded that time. So I'm looking forward to it. And come on, Serena, get this 24th and let's get these clothes going. All right, that's the end of the episode. Thanks again for checking us out. Don't forget, uh, WorldwideUndercurrent.com and the voicemail line, of course, 201-822-1128. Leave a voicemail, leave a comment, leave a question. Um, tell me how you feel about Serena's clothing line. Once you see it, you know, let me know what's up. And um, I'll holler at y'all later. Crit, take us out.